and welcome to Scottish Educators Connect podcast. Last week, we talked with Professor Morag Trainer and benefited from her insight into poverty and childhood. I'm sure many of you, like me, gained a lot from listening to the lessons learned and her experience. Hello, everybody. Recently, Scottish Educators Connect book group has started our new theme, which is leadership of change. And we have been getting stuck right into Michael Fullan's Leading in a Culture of Change, which was originally published in 2001 when I was 11. And a second edition was released in 2020. Um, it's interesting to reflect on the elements of leadership theory and practice that have developed since the book was first published as well as the elements that have remained constant over the years. With our new theme, we're planning on having a number of podcasts on leadership of change over the coming weeks, and we have some brilliant guests lined up to explore the theme. For the next two weeks, Anita and I thought that we'd take a chance to explore the theme by putting one another in the hot seat. And I get to kickstart by interviewing our very own Scottish Educators Connect co-founder, Anita Letizier. Hello, Anita. Hi, James. I feel so nervous for this one. I think it's a little bit different than that one we did at the beginning where we just gassed on. This one's got a little bit more structure to it. <laughs> so I'm going to go straight in there. Okay, um, go. I'm, I'm not really sure because it's been a while since I've listened to it, but how much depth we went into with our introductory podcast. So just for our listeners, can you tell them a bit more about yourself, who you are, what job you currently do, and what are your interests? So I am Anita Letissier. I'm a principal teacher in the city of Edinburgh with an early level remit, meaning I have management and leadership of the development of our nursery and primary one provision. Um, luckily, um, in my remit, I also get to be nursery teacher and primary one teacher this year. Um, so we're um, well into week three and I am exhausted, but I just I absolutely love this year getting to be both in nursery and in primary one. Um, I am very interested in leadership and how leaders learn to get better. I think that um, in my experience, we spend a lot of time encouraging our teachers and our support assistants and our practitioners to continue on the improvement journey and professional learning. And I'm really interested on how leaders do that also. Um, I'm also very, very passionate about early level, um, early learning and childcare, anything to do with small children, whether it's their learning, their care, their nurture, relationships, supporting their families, I'm very passionate about. And a more recent interest of mine is the development of the child voice in my setting and just making sure that the little children that we are responsible for looking after are really authentically heard um, in a meaningful way. That's me. Fabulous. And you're most definitely in the absolute dream job to be able to do all of those things as well. Oh gosh, which is, yeah. Yeah, which yeah. is great. I get to do block play on um, a Monday, Tuesday in primary one, and then I get to do it all again on Wednesday, Thursday in nursery. And it's really nice this year to be able to see um, kind of minute by minute the differences in development and stages. I'm yeah. fascinated right now. Fascinated. That'll be really interesting to like document that journey across the year and just see how it see how it grows and develops, won't it? 
Definitely. We'll see how it goes. So we're just over halfway through our first book, Leading in a Culture of Change, on our theme of leadership of change. And having read the book over the last couple of weeks and having engaged with the Google Meets, what's been the key learning for you in engaging with the text? Um, so I find this book really fascinating because I'm learning um, so many elements of leadership that I haven't yet had the chance to explore. Um, certainly for me, I really enjoyed the first chapter, which explored the moral purpose of, of leadership and the moral purpose of what we do, and that being individual to each setting and each person. Um, but I don't think that that's really surprising for me. I am very much a person that is driven by my values um, and and my belief in getting it right for every child and meeting children where they're at and letting children feel loved and cared for and appreciated. But one of the, the chapters that has really challenged my thinking has been the third chapter, which kind of looks at nuance and how we are thinking as leaders about the differences in both thought processes but lived experience of the other people that we work with. Um, so I found that chapter really exciting and interesting to read and I found it really challenging listening to the conversation when we spoke about it um, in the Scottish Educators Connect because I was really trying to glean from the other participants um, in the group what they were thinking about, you know, understanding difficulty, understanding differences, and how actually so many of these um, threads of people's opinion, people's beliefs, people's values, people's kind of improvement agendas all coming together um, and working together um, for success, but in a really cohesive way. I really find that in my role, which is a leader of early level, and because of my commitment and passion to the early years, I find that I get really um, wrapped up in early learning and childcare, play in primary one. And I'm very much surrounded in a bubble of my own agenda a lot mm -hmm. of the time. And so I'm really hoping that in reading this chapter and working more closely with my school this year, as opposed to just being in the nursery, that I'm going to get the chance to... Um, develop my skills at working with other leaders and other teachers and other practitioners that maybe don't have the same improvement agenda as I do or don't have the same um kind of values or, or 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 a different understanding of how children learn best um so it definitely challenged my thinking because I'm really used to it being my way or the highway <laughs> <laughs> There is such a range of voices on this book chat that we've got with uh, this particular book. And um, I think it's that part, isn't it, where we could probably go on until about 10 o'clock every week, just really mulling over and chewing over some of those points. And it'll be interesting to see um, as we come to a conclusion with that book and, and we continue our journey in leadership, how your thinking expands um, as as you sort of delve into some of those elements of the likes of nuance and understanding the change process um, across a fairly large organisation. 
Yeah, I mean, I definitely am learning a lot from the the different people that are on um, the Google Meets for the, this particular book. You know, having educational psychologists, speech and language therapists, school leaders, early years practitioners, early years officers. There's a range of people with a range of experiences, but also um, there's a really... Um, kind of varied cohort of leaders that have joined in for this book so you know we've got an early years officer um who's clearly in a, a leadership um, position in early learning and childcare. we've got a head teacher of a nursery school head teachers of primary schools people like you who are working in you know in, in learning and teaching in a central team so it's really good to see the different kinds of leaders involved and how their take on things is very different as well so the news is out in terms of our next book which i'm really excited about it's dare to lead by brené brown and it was actually recommended to us by one of our scottish educators connect members a couple of books ago and brené brown believes that daring leaders who live into their values are never silent about hard things I'm just going to say that again, just so it sort of mulls over. So daring leaders who live into their values are never silent about hard things. And in Dare to Lead, she asks us to identify one or two values that drive us as leaders. And having had the chance, Anita, to have a think about your own values, and you've had a look at the Dare to Lead website, and seen the list of values that Brené Brown asks us to consider. What two values have you chosen to be your core values and why? Oh, well, you know, the, the list of values that you sent me um, and that Brené Brown offers us, I mean, it's so extensive that just picking two was really, really difficult. However, and I don't think anybody in Scottish Educators Connect would be surprised at these, but the two values that I found um, really kind of describe my practice and my moral purpose, um, if you wish, is love and learning. So I often talk about with um, my colleagues and on Scottish Educators to Connect when we're um, talking about play pedagogy and developing play and nurturing young children. I think that love as a teacher and as a leader is really important. I think we are in a position where we have the opportunity to make people's lives, whether it's the people we work with, our colleagues or the children and families that we serve, we've got the opportunity to make their lives better, but we're also in a position where it can go the other way and we mm -hmm. could cause harm. And I think it's very important when we are communicating with people, when we're developing improvement plans, when we are working together, um, even just in the day to day in the early learning and childcare, you've got four or five adults in a room and we're working with the same children. We're trying to um, collaborate and cooperate with each other throughout the day. And it's important to always do that with kindness and with fairness and with love. I think that when you are able to love the children that you work with when you're loving the families that you're serving when you love the job that you do and the people that you work with the only direction that you can go in is a positive one 
because we're all going together and everybody that's involved in your journey is cared for and they feel cared for. And I chose learning as the other value um, because kind of, I just mentioned that at the beginning as well. I'm really interested in how as leaders, we continue learning. I'm really against um, in education, anybody getting to, you know, a point in their career where, where they think that's it. This is as far as I want to go. And my learning journey is over. Mm -hmm. I think education is always evolving. There's always um, new research, new theory, new practice, even your own, you know, practitioner inquiry, your own research as you're going through the day to day or even more formal practitioner inquiry brings something new to the table that is, you know, either positive or not for the children that you work with. And if we're not up to date as leaders with the, the kind of key learning in education, key advancements in education, then we're doing a disservice, I feel, to the, the the colleagues that we work with, to the people we lead, and more so to the children and families. We have to offer the best of the best all of the time, and our best selves should always be learning. Something that is I'm newly interested in that I wasn't as interested in before this past year is adult learning and how, as a leader, we can support the learning of, of the people that we work with to make them even better. Um, I'm really lucky and I, I big up my nursery all of the time to anybody who will listen. I work in the most amazing setting with the most caring practitioners who I am just so inspired by and this year it's been really great to be able to be um, leading their learning and you know giving them opportunities to further their knowledge whether that knowledge is in um, attachment theory and nurturing young children family support and family learning and um, we've done lots of learning this year on it was building the ambition but now it's realizing the ambition and you know mm -hmm. um, developmental approaches to, to pedagogy so that we are able to offer the children a really quality environment and in leading that and offering these learning opportunities as a team where we're collaborating and improving together, our nursery has just come on so much over the past year. It's the thing that I am most proud of, I think, in my career is the development of my nursery over the past 14 to 16 months. And the team that I work with have done it all through learning and developing themselves. And yeah. I'm talking a lot now, but learning and love, that's my two values. <laughs> well, I absolutely love how you have been able to communicate the learning about your values within that. So I'll reflect some of that alliterative LL. And I think that part <laughs> that you talk around about in terms of in terms of developing others and that sense of in, in, instead of pedagogy when we think around about with kids but that andragogy that we think about with adults is something that we have talked quite at length around about in terms of this latest book in terms of leading in a culture of change and particularly in that chapter you talked around about in terms of nuance and the understanding of change and, and understanding how do we as leaders at all levels in the system develop that sense of continual improvement and that continual learning that you've just described there. So for my next question, I feel like we've talked lots and lots in terms of our conversations at Scottish Educators Connect 
And as we've gone through these conversations, I've heard lots of snippets around about the different things that you've done in your career thus far. So um, I, like many of our listeners, I'm sure will be um, really like to hear a bit more around about your leadership journey as a practitioner. So could you give the listeners a bit of a potted sports history of your journey over the last decade? Yeah, definitely I can. So um, I've always only ever wanted to be a teacher. I remember when I was really little, um, I had a teacher when I was in primary three, Miss Hay. She's still a teacher now. Actually, I've worked with her since graduating. Oh, wow. (laughs) Yeah, and she is so inspiring to me. And she's so understated. I don't think that she would even know the impact that she had on me as a child, how kind and caring she was. And um, how much she believed that I was intelligent and smart as well. She was the first person, I think, that made me believe that I was good at being in school and good at learning. Um, so I always wanted Let's to be... Let's get this tweeted to Mrs. Hay. We need to find her. Someone, yeah, on, someone on Twitter needs to find her so she can hear this. But Charlotte <laughs> Bowes still works with her. So Oh, wonderful. Yeah. Um, so that's Miss Hay. And then... Um, had a really tricky high school years I was not a very nice teenager and um and then I did kind of pull myself together and I, I got into the University of Edinburgh and I did the B.Ed undergraduate teaching degree um at Murray House and um that was where I really became passionate about learning and about research and I remember at university being really interested in um social, emotional and behavioural difficulties and this kind of exponential medicating of behaviour that I think we see in the UK. Um, And I suppose my first experience of of leadership within a school was carrying out my research project in fourth year. Um, And I know it's not formal leadership, but it's the first time that I got to make the decisions about you know, what I was going to learn about and how I wanted to do that and the research that I wanted to undertake. And I got really passionate about it. Um, And then in my probationary year, which I did in Falkirk Council, who I think like is just amazing for supporting probation teachers. Um, Mm -hmm. And as a probationer, I, with another teacher, led the implementation of a numeracy strategy um, and that was my first real experience of delivering cat sessions to my colleague teachers, going into classrooms to um, teach some lessons so that teachers could observe and maybe mimic some things. And I just fell in love with it, presenting to my colleagues and, and being involved in school improvement and school development. I really loved Um And then, you know, I did a few more years of teaching, mostly down the school, primary one and primary two. And then a few years ago, I applied for an acting principal teacher post at a school in Edinburgh. And I had some leadership experience in schools in terms of leading on play implementation and leading on numeracy projects and things, but I didn't actually have any formal leadership experience and I went to the interview and the head teacher who interviewed me, I wonder if she's listening to this because she'll know who she is if she does. She made <laughs> me feel really comfortable. Um, but she definitely, in offering me the post, she took a chance on me. Um, and she, I mean, I, I think my interview 
was quite well, but certainly there must have been more experienced applicants for the post. And she definitely took a chance giving me the principal teacher post. And it worked out that it was um, an active principal teacher post for a year in a school who I think is the only school I've ever come across who literally every single teacher is so committed to the well-being of all of the children in the school. And there's a real cohesion about their moral purpose, which is Mm -hmm. uplifting and supporting families and supporting children. And it's in an area where many of the children um, are experiencing poverty and many of the families um, require some support to to help their children to thrive. And Mm -hmm. this school just does an exceptional job at supporting children. And not only were they amazing at supporting children, but the head teacher and deputy head teacher were just amazing at supporting me to become a leader. Um, And I think in knowing that I didn't have as much leadership experience, they certainly never made me feel like I wasn't experienced enough for the role. And they never made me feel like what um, I knew about early learning and childcare um, wasn't good enough. Certainly they made me feel like an expert in that, but they definitely gave me the autonomy to develop my own leadership style with the teams that I was working with, but at the same time giving me a really firm guidance on what to do when I needed some help or advice. Um, mm-hmm. And then after that, I got a permanent principal teacher post in my current role. And I'm really lucky in the role that I have now that my head teacher is really trusting of me and I have a lot of autonomy over the development of the early level, over the nursery and primary one. Um, And I've had lots of experience this year of delivering CLPL to schools within the cluster. So we've done, I've delivered um, CLPL in service sessions on taking and writing observations um, and I've reached out with the cluster and been key in, in leading our transition across the cluster this year. Um, so that's my leadership experience so far. Ta-da! <laughs> so far, <laughs> but but who knows what's to come? Yeah, who knows what's to come? I'm really enjoying the principal teacher role um, of the early level, I, I I do enjoy. I mean, small children are my thing. Any anything that's tiny and small and tells me I'm beautiful is like definitely <laughs> for me. Um, and I really love that. But I am very aware that I don't have considerable experience further up the school. Um, this year I have the role of equalities coordinator within my school, so mm-hmm. I've got um big plans to um, involve and engage our staff team in, you know, self-evaluation to to see where we're at in terms of um, being culturally diverse and um, being kind of more equitable across across our whole school for the kind of range of families that we have in our community. That's our, you know, families um, from other countries, families that speak other languages. We've got um, a considerable number of families who are LGBTQ and I really want to kind of embed more of a, a uh, I don't know how to say it like I don't like the word equalities I want it to be more comforting than that you know yeah. um, I, I really want to embed a, a, a kind of celebration of diversity within the school so I'm going to take that on this year and hopefully that will give me some more experience throughout the school but for now I'm really enjoying um, 
and being a principal teacher. But also another leadership experience is Scottish Educators Connect. Um, yeah. I mean, you must think that as well, but I, well, I hope you think the same as I do, but I'm doing things with Scottish Educators Connect that I would never even have dreamed that I would be developing skills in, like podcasting, blogging, um, facilitating um, professional learning and develop it, development. Um, we know it's a constant challenge of mine is to shut up and let other people talk. Um, I think I'm getting better, though, but I think Scottish Educators Connect, you know, we started this by accident, James, but it really is yeah. one of those, it, it's this part of my life now that I'm really passionate about and I always am able to make time to do more for it and, and to, to help it continue to thrive. Um, but I think that the people involved in Scottish Educators Connect are participants. I mean, they definitely think better of me than I think I think of myself. I get a little bit kind of blushy about the things that they say. <laughs> you feel like that? I think the fact that they are that they're turning up, I suppose, sets the bar for us in terms of thinking about okay, so people are turning up, so we need to try and facilitate and coordinate something that's worthwhile. This yeah, whole conversation yeah. that we've had over so what, I think has kept us really focused in terms of Scottish Educators Connect. And yeah, absolutely, you know, something that happened quite accidentally. And I thought, you know, it was just going to be you and I having a wee chin wag about, you know, a book and, 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 and months later, things have, things have grown quite exponentially. But it's that fact of, you know, we want to, that constant part we come back to in terms of moral purpose isn't it around about saying that what difference is this going to make and just keeping that push towards the difference and I want to use this as my point onto my next question because I'm, I'm, okay. I want you to expand on this for me so in Michael Fulan's Leading in a Culture of Change he talks about moral purpose being that strive for making a positive difference and you talked about it when you when you thought about your values of love and learning. So what does moral purpose mean to you? Well, you know, it, it does sound really cheesy, doesn't it? It's, you know, why did you become a teacher? Oh, to make a difference. But it really is true. I think that um, as educators, you know, and I did say this before, we're in we are in a position of, of great power. And we have a responsibility with that to to make sure that what we are offering children and families, what we are offering our colleagues is a positive change in their life, a positive mm -hmm. change in their career, a positive change in their experience of schooling. I think moral purpose, it should drive everything you do. And if you are working in a school where the values are maybe missing or you can't see them they're a bit invisible or you can't really pick out what the purpose or the aims of that school are you can really feel that in a school you can really feel the 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 lack of a, a cohesive connected ethos moral purpose to me is the why of what you're doing and if you know in in edinburgh early years we have a qio and she she calls it the north star you know mm -hmm. the the guide the, thing, the principle that guides all of the decisions you make and all of the changes that you make and for me 
that purpose is childhood. I want childhood to not just be a preparation for the next stage of life. You know, early learning in childcare isn't a preparation for school and school isn't a preparation for high school, which isn't always a preparation for adult life, but let's experience these things for what they are in the moment now. And in my role as principal teacher of early level, I'm striving for the children to experience happiness, childhood, play. I want them to remember their time with me and remember that they were laughing and they were smiling and they were autonomous and they had independence and they were listened to and the decisions we made in the classroom and the team around them made um, were decisions based on what they had said and what they had voiced. Um, and I, th I think that if you are a leader, and we have a few on our Scottish Educators Connect, but if you are a leader who is working in a school where the moral purpose isn't clear and the values and aims aren't identifiable, then actually it can become quite a negative experience where you work and it can, you know, take away the joy of 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 being a teacher which I think is so inspiring when I was really little I never thought that I'd ever get anywhere outside of Wester Hills in Edinburgh and now and I used to want to be like my teachers um so yeah moral purpose is that north star it's the principle that drives you isn't it fabulous and I want that on a billboard I want the quote you you said something there so you said I want childhood not just to be preparing for the next stage in life and yeah, yeah. I think that's what we that's what we need to that's what we need to see I mean see like when I think about when I was little in my childhood there are um really explicit um memories that I have and they are memories of childhood. I remember when I grew up on the west of Edinburgh there was a canal and there was a burn next to the canal. And I remember being down at that burn all day, every day on my Todd with a rope and sticks and making rope swings and investigating. And um, I was outside all of the time. I was always playing with someone. I was always outside doing something. And I, yeah, it, I just want childhood to be like that again. And if we can't get that to happen in children's homes because we've moved on we live in a different time and I think that yeah. we're more safety conscious nowadays I think that certainly where I work many of the children are living next to really busy roads and things so it's our responsibility I think as agents of childhood to to bring that to the kids in school here here yeah so <laughs> for my final question of our discussion I We'd like to hear from you about a leader that has had an influence on you and what behaviours did they have or or do they demonstrate? I was reading this question when you sent it to me so that I could prepare beforehand um, and I had so many 
leaders that came into my mind, all of them in education and all of them people who um, I worked with. And for some of them, I found it really difficult to choose who I would talk about. But I really wanted to talk about a leader um, who I worked with. He was the um, acting head teacher of a school that I was principal teacher in. And um, I don't think that he would even know, just like with me, I don't think he would quite know the impact that he had on me um, when he supported me in my principal teacher role. Um, but this head teacher for me was very calm all of the time. It didn't matter um, what a child had done in the school or or, or what um, disagreement had occurred or if anything, you know, a little bit maybe controversial had occurred. He was always very calm. He was always respectful of all of the staff that were working with him of all of the children he had a positive regard of a positive regard for anybody that um he came across and i think he really supported me i we came across a a really difficult situation about um that involved a, a child who um i cared a lot about and there was a, a really difficult background story and i got into quite a tricky disagreement with a social worker um and in talking me through this situation um, over a number of weeks that went on for a while, I always felt like he understood my passion and commitment for this particular circumstance. He supported the decisions that I wanted to make. And actually, in the, in the very end, he stepped in and took over for me so that the right thing could have been done in the end. Um, mm -hmm. This head teacher stood out to me as being particularly good at the job because he had such an extensive knowledge of the getting it right for every child policy. He had um, the answer to anything related to inclusion, well-being and additional support needs. But not only did he have the knowledge, but he was very committed to inclusion for all. Um, and that often meant that he was, as head teacher, also the teacher for two or three children at a time who just found it too difficult to be in class at that time. And yeah. throughout a really challenging year with some really challenging um, situations, he always put inclusive education and children staying in school where they were safe before any other decision and that often impacted his timetabling and his calendar diary and yet it was never yeah. a big deal to him it was always this is what we do to keep the kids here and this is where they need to be because school is important they're safe here we know where they are um yeah I wish I could name him but I don't I don't think that I should but I mean he he so calm and understated. I don't think that he would even know the impact that he had, um, both as a head teacher supporting my first role in leadership, but also as a teacher committed to inclusion for all. He really, he really was a stand-up guy. Yeah. He sounds like a cracker. And I think if I think about your two values that you talked around about earlier, the way that you described him to me sounds like someone that demonstrates those two things of love and, and learning. Um, and you can see that correlation between your values and, and the behaviours that he was displaying. Yeah. 
Definitely. But those are the, the, you know, those two values, learning and love, and probably with him as well, leadership, um, are the values that permeate throughout that whole school. There isn't a teacher that I worked with in that school that wasn't also committed to love and learning. Um, yeah, it's a really special, special, special school in Edinburgh. It's excellent. Well, we have spent many an hour together in Scottish Educators Connect meetings and podcasts over the last four months. But I'm really glad that we had the chance to have a proper chat today and hear more about your development as a practitioner. Thanks, James. I'm actually looking forward to turning the tables next week and getting to hear more <laughs> about your journey as a practitioner. Everybody... Thank you for tuning into today's podcast and listening to me just ran on a bit. Um, as always, you can engage with Scottish Educators Connect through responding to our podcast, checking out our blog at scottisheducatorsconnect.com and engaging with our Scottish Educators Connect discussions through Twitter and Google Meet. Until next week, James in the hot seat. Thank you. <laughs> Until next week. Thank you. Bye. <laughs>